Hear that, man. Welcome to another episode of the Unathletic Podcast. My name is Ahira Foster. Today I have with me my good friend and former IKFC day champion <laughs> of California, Roman Nava. Thank you for joining me today, bro. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. No, of course, man. Of course. Uh, let's kind of like just kind of get back into the history of how I know you, bro. How All did right. we first meet? Do you remember? It was freshman football year, uh-huh. and uh, we were. You know, we were practicing, doing drills out on the field. You saw what I was wearing. This is before we were, we got our pads and whatnot. So I was wearing my Muay Thai uh, tank top. Mm-hmm. You saw that and you came up to me and you were like, hey, you do Muay Thai? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I told you what I do. And then you told me you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yep, that's yep. how we click like that, just as fighters. And it's, inst- it's crazy because the thing is, like, instantly when you do a martial art, right, there's a certain connectivity to someone because you instantly know the tra- the training that goes into that, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, with that being said, it's just like, it's like a bond, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's cool, because the thing is, I've learned like over the years when doing that, was that martial artists are like the nicest people you meet. And you have a question to ask, like, like you, sometimes you wouldn't even know it like that. They're, they, they can fuck someone up, really. Yeah, they're but, extremely humble, uh, too. Extremely humble, but I think that's what also comments, uh, really compliments to the gyms that we, like, that we go to, especially... Uh, for you as well yeah that you know they it's a real humble setting so the thing is they're not here like i'm gonna beat this stuff out of you and stuff like that and really bragging or exalting yourself which just means put yourself on a pedestal mm-hmm. as a matter of fact like look you know we got this going on we have a great team but you know, that's how we got we got to know each other bro yeah man man so I mean, speaking of the muay thai man all right so let's let's talk a little bit more about that tell me how did you first get into doing muay thai in the first place oh man it it all takes back when, uh, when I was back when I was a kid. Um, my cousin used to always pick on me and go to play fight, and I'm always the little one that I'm the youngest one, as a matter of fact, out of the uh, four older ones, including myself. Mm-hmm. So um, your first cousin, right? Yeah. And uh, whenever we have parties, we would always horse around, and they would always pick on me because I'm the skinniest one. And of course, they would always make me cry. And um, Hey, also people, you guys can't see him right now, but Roman is, he used to be skinny, but now he's yoked as hell. He, he looks like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, just a foot shorter. <laughs> oh my God, you look like Bowie from Milwaukee. You look like oh my God, bro. No way. But. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And he has a tattoo too. Yep, it's everywhere. Yeah, that's what's up, man. But no, go ahead, like, yeah, explain um, a little bit more about that. Yeah, so, you know, I'd always get picked on. At the family parties, and even when I'm back home, and I, I have uh, friends that lives in the same apartment complex as I do, um, when we, whenever we always play together outside, um, there was this one one kid um, next door on the other side of the apartment complex. His name is Chris. I remember him too. Um, you know, he was a heavier set kid, and he would always bully me. He would push me off my scooter. I would cry and. You know, he would always make me cry every time he just come over. And um, I didn't know how to defend myself. So that was another time where I get bullied a lot. Um, and then school, at school. Um, 
mainly, uh, what is it? Mainly middle school. That guy, John Muir Middle School. Um, I used to wear blue a lot, and I... Thought you were a creep or something? No. Or because you were a Bancroft. Bancroft, (laughs) Remember, Bancroft beat you guys in in the... You know, uh, as a matter of fact, we... we, It's okay. We we could have won if... I forgot what happened. But, uh, no, nah, we were right. We beat you guys first. The first game, but, it, the first but game, we got yeah. the championship, bro. You know, it was, we close, to, it was a close before, game. For y'all that don't know, actually, me and Roman went to opposite middle schools. I went to Bancroft <laughs> and he went to John Muir. Yeah. But the thing is, we are, that's our rival, that's in school, in city rival, uh, middle schools. Yeah. And, you know, we play each other in basketball, football. Y'all were blue, we were red. Yeah, some Crip game. Yeah, Crip was. That's how it was. Yeah, no, no, we're playing, but still. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but kind of elaborate a little bit more on that. Um, about being in middle school and then you were just continually bullied uh, all throughout time? Or yeah. Like- um, there was these North Day gangbangers or wannabes um, that would always pick on me um, just because I wear the color blue a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was my favorite color, you know. So it wasn't even white to represent something. It was I was never color. representing anything. I just love the color blue yeah, a yeah. lot and I would always wear it. And, you know, people seeing that I wear blue a lot and people start talking talking about, oh, he's a Sereno, he must be a Scrat, or he's a Crit, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then that word eventually got around to the Norteños. They heard about it. They saw me um, during lunchtime. I was, at the, I was at the blacktop at the basketball courts waiting for all my boys so we could play football. And um, I was the first one there. And I, all I see is a whole bunch of these Norteños all grouped up together walking towards me. And I was just there chilling, waiting for my friends. And then... Once they approached me, they circled around me, and uh, there was this guy. Uh, his name is Chris. He was like, "Hey, what you?" He was like, "Hey, what you? Why are you hanging that blue belt down?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Why are you wearing blue a lot?" And I was like, uh, "It's my favorite color." He's like, "Do you bang? Are you a scrap?" And I was like, "Nah, I'm not." As a matter of fact, and then he was like, "He just basically put me on check and and tell me not to wear blue." That was that. They left. I got spooked. You know, because I didn't know how to defend myself. Mm. Um, I thought I got, I thought I was about to get jumped, but I didn't. And I saw the uh, vice principal, so I went to go up to the vice principal, and I told him what went down, blah blah blah. And then he's, and he was like, "Where, where are the kids?" And then I pointed. It was that, it was them. And he started to laugh. He's like, "Oh, they're harmless. They're good kids." And I got so irritated, bro. So I. At the end of the day, school day, when my pops went to go pick me up, I told him, and uh, I told him what went down, and my pops got upset, the fact that I was getting bullied at school, so uh, when we were driving home, I saw them walking out of the liquor store, and uh, I told him, that's them, and I pointed, my dad, he immediately stopped when he was about, when he was about to turn, and we pursued to the liquor store, so we parked inside the liquor store, in the, uh, in the uh, parking lot. And uh, my dad told me to just stay in the car. He said, stay here, son. So I stayed. He got out of the car, and he, he called him out. He was like, hey, hey, let me talk to y'all real quick. So um, they were talking, and uh, my dad was basically putting them on check and whatnot. So, uh, you know, they, they took that offense offensively from my dad. So what they did was try to circle around my dad. My dad already know what was gonna happen because you know he he knows about pretty, the streets. Yeah, your dad's pretty street. No, it's yeah. pretty street smart, right? No, yes. where, where is he from? Like, how did like when he grew up? Like, how, like um, his mentality. Well, I mean, he been through all of it mm-hmm. when he was a teenager. Um, he used to go to uh, Lincoln High, I think it's in San Francisco, um, and uh, 
So he he'd been exposed to all of that, so he already knows what was going to go down. So when they were about a circle around him, uh, my dad grabbed them both from the shoulders, and they all and he pushed all of them in front of him towards him where he could see all of them. And then he he said he laughed and he said, "Don't pull that shit with me. I already know what you guys are planning to do. I've been through all that." Um, That's real right there. Yeah. So they got even. They got spooked pretty pretty much more, and they started to uh, back off and started walking away while they're all like talking shit to my dad. You know, saying "fuck you, fuck you, fuck that, whatever." Um, and my dad was like following them, and he's like, "No, nah, come here, let me talk to you. That's my that's my son. You guys are uh, bullying. He's just a kid. He doesn't he doesn't bang. He's not in some type of gang or anything. And uh, you know, of course, they were all fired up. They didn't care what my dad was saying. So they started walking back continually, continuously walking back where I can't see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my dad started to follow them, and I couldn't see my dad after that because uh, they went around this other wall." Of the liquor store, so I started to panic because I don't know what's gonna go, what's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. So what I did, I grabbed a pair of scissors in the car, <laughs> and I got out of the car. I put the pair of scissors behind my back, and I went to go find my dad. So I saw them, and uh, one of them spotted me, and they saw they seen that I I held something behind my back. I was holding something behind my back, and um. One of them approached me, and he was like, hey, this guy got some behind his back. What's up, bro? You want to fight? Blah, blah, blah. And then the guy was squaring up. And then uh, another car, a random stranger, pulled up from behind, and uh, it was some some random guy, and he approached me. He was like, what are you doing with that uh, with that scissors? You might want to put that away, but just drop it. And then there was a whole big commotion going on. We were causing a big scene, and uh, you know, my dad saw what was going on. So he went back towards me and he, he grabbed the scissors from my hands and he said just get back in the get back in the car son we're about to head home so that's what we did and we just left that as that the next morning when, to, when I went to school um, I brought my parents with me my mom and dad so we could go ahead and uh, report it to the principal mm-hmm. and I guess they, when you first uh, question when you yeah. first like you know told on I told on these guys right like, also snitching um, <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm you playing. do what you gotta but, do, but no, but that, there's a difference to that, right? You know what I mean? Because the thing is, you're not, you don't live, live by a straight code that in that terms of like snitching or anything like that. These guys are bullying you, and you guys are in middle school, so yeah, it's like you're again middle school. You're like in between 11 to 14 years old. Yep, you know what I mean? Like yeah. these kids don't even know what gangbanging, real like gangbanging is. Exactly. So to keep it real with you. So no, I definitely I respect that. You yeah, know, yeah, you know what I mean. And it takes it honestly, it takes a huge person to be able to say that. And really say something because the thing is it could go on and on for however long. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Again, that's not your personality. Yeah. But um, so when you first told on these kids, right, was it a vice principal or the principal's office? Or the principal that you told? Uh, I told the vice principal the day it happened. Mm-hmm. And then the following day, um, my parents came along with me so we could go ahead and report it to the principal. Okay, okay. By the time we got there into the office, the principal and an officer was already there. And uh, the kids was there too. The little want to be gangbangers, whatever. Um, so after uh, after we seen that, I guess they already reported, the kids already reported to the principal of what went down yesterday. So the principal thought it was our fault, my fault mainly. They thought I was a gangbanger. They thought my dad was a gangbanger. So they pulled us into the office uh, with the officer, and the officer was looking for tattoos on me and my dad. And... Um, we didn't have no tattoos, so my mom was already getting offended. Um, the fact that they think it was 
our fault, the one that started it, but we told them of what, of how it all went down. And uh, the principal disagreed with my mother. She said, um, I don't believe that because I know these kids. They're really good kids. So, yeah, this was my sixth grade year. Oh, that's sixth grade? Bro, yeah, that's so, so she doesn't know me. That's so funny that that you say that, right? So, as a matter of fact, like, so they, they're pretenders, right? Yeah. So, the fact that they pretend to be this one thing, but the thing is, they're supposed to be known as these good kids. So... What's what's the image, right? Because exactly. good kids don't don't do shit like that and bully. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's so that's that's, that's stupid, all fake. Bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we were, my mom was offended, and uh, and after the principal told them that you know those are good kids, I've known them since they were sixth graders because they were eighth graders at the time mm-hmm. when I was a sixth grader. Um, my mom got offended, and she just told them everything, told them down like. Okay, well, let me tell you about my son. My son's not like this. Blah 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 blah. He's a good kid of mine, and we're not in some type of gang whatsoever. We're not tatted, or whatever you think we are or mm-hmm. might be. Yeah. So, uh, moral of the story, or the main, this, yeah, the moral of the story was, um, we just basically, uh, just squashed it. The cop, the officer, however, um, told my parents. That um, I'm lucky I'm a year younger than the average uh, than the average age that they usually take to Jew because he was about to take me to Jew because you're 11, right? Yeah, and I, I so, held uh, scissors, considered a weapon. So if you're 12 or 13 years old, they would have took you to Jew. Yeah. Wow. So wow. Um, they told me ever since not to tell anybody, not to tell the story of how it went down mm-hmm. and I'm over here telling you because which, it's been years already. I'm yeah. Which again, I appreciate um, giving that exclusive here. And, yeah. You know, telling about that, but honestly all that, so that action all transpired for you to really develop doing martial arts, right? Yeah. That's what triggered it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, when I was an eighth grader, by the time I got to an eighth grader, you know, um, all the North days was mainly gone. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that gang culture in middle school back, especially San Leandro yeah. really died out because that was like Oh seven. Exactly. Then, like back in 2010, like that wasn't really uh, around at the it time. It wasn't. So, but uh, you also solidify, like I know the dudes that you knew from middle school as well. Like they always, they, those guys end up having your back. Like you're talking about, say the names like Yoni, Eddie, the Terrell, uh, Eddie and Terrell, those guys. Yeah. Like those, they, they had your back. We bro, had a so. big group. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't going to be like that for, uh, for long, mm-hmm. but damn, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. And then, uh, it came to my, no, 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 not eighth grade year. I'm sorry. Seventh grade a year, I believe. Um, when, uh, I was at home, there was these Filipino Crips that lived in the same apartment complex as, mm-hmm. as I did. And they would always hang out and whatever. And they would bully me too. And I, it came to a point where I got fed up as a kid. And I just started to break down and cry. And I told my mom while my pops was at work and what went down. And, um, you know, I told my mom enough is enough. That's when I had, that's when I just draw a line. When I drew the line from there, I said enough is enough. And I wanted to do Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to do some type of fighting style. Actually, my pops is the one that introduced me to Muay Thai. Yeah, so like what? So again, you know, kind of elaborate a little bit more on like what about doing Muay Thai. But out of all martial arts, why Muay Thai? Like not karate, not you know Taekwondo, not um, Jiu Jitsu. You know what I mean? Which is a more ground game. Yeah. Like, what was it about Muay Thai? Honestly, I was uh, very um, impressed on how uh, Muay Thai 
fighters are are trained to fight. Um, when my dad introduced me to the sport, I, I seen of how 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 they maneuver how they maneuver the way they fight and punch whatever. So um, it's considered the world's deadliest martial art. It can be karate, taekwondo, um, kung fu, any type of martial arts. So when you're talking about Muay Thai, not also we punch with our hands, but we also kick with our with our legs. Um, it's considered uh, the art of eight limbs. Yeah, so eight we got, limbs. We got our hands, we got our legs, our knees, and our elbows. And again, remember, elbows is your hardest part of your body, your hardest bone. So yeah. you really. Again, you slice people with our You elbows. really slice, yeah. you know, exactly. So you really can really fuck someone Do up. Some with just pretty damage. Yeah, some damage on somebody. It's funny because, like, when I picked up Muay Thai last year, right, um, again, it's been, like, almost a whole year since I've been at Mansion. I thank you for introducing me to that because, again, like, that's been one of my biggest changing factors, how much that's changed my life and for the better. Yeah. Not just a matter of fact of defending yourself, but as well as the, the confidence that you have, right? And it's not a false confidence, like, you walk around saying, like, oh, I could beat someone up or anything like that. It's not a matter of fact about that. It's more the fact of being belonging to a gym and a team that is supportive of you, as well as just, you know, having inner peace, being able to release that aggression that kind of comes up throughout the day. You yeah. know what I mean? So, again, I thank you for that, bro, introducing me to that. Martial it, it's love right there. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, no, again, so when you got into Muay Thai, when, like, what, when was this? Was 20, 2009, 2010? Oh, man. All I know when I first started, it was, I don't know what year it was, but I was in 8th grade. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, a, grade. that's that 2009-2010 Yeah, year. and uh, we finally, I finally found a, um, a Muay Thai gym, it was, it was on Hesperian uh, Boulevard, and it was a gym called Mesh. Mesh Striking Arts. <laughs> yep, Mesh Striking Arts, that's right, and uh, they just um, were in the process of opening so when they needed, we got there, they needed people. Huh? Yeah, they needed like clients right away, fighters. So um, you know when I when I joined, I was the first kid that joined, the first junior fighter ever. Wow. So you know they they trained my butt off. They 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 put me to work and I trained my ass off. And I would say it took me almost about a year for me to prep for my first fight. But before we even go to that, um, I just wanted to do it for self-defense. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my coaches and all the staff members over there, they seen the passion, the drive, the fire in me. And they seen that um, I was picking up stuff real fast from the techniques they be showing and how to execute a specific strike or kick. And um, they saw that I was a fast learner. So they saw something in me, and they were talking to me after training. They mentioned to me, hey, would you ever like to compete? And I was so, like, not into it, like, competing. I never really mm -hmm. thought of it. And I was like, um, I don't know. And then they were telling me, like, they see something in me. Mm -hmm. And they could see me going far into the sport. So when they said that, you know, that kind of fired me up. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, if it's they just spark some type of energy with uh, from within. Question: so. Besides besides having the parents, you know, always being your supporter, yeah. your biggest supporters, right? Was that kind of like the, your first time of having someone really believe in you that much and something that you excelled at? Because I know you played you no know, football before, but you no know, football, you know, back in middle school was flag football, so yeah, it wasn't too like you know this is what I want to make a career out of. But yeah. you excelled a lot in Muay Thai, you know what I mean? So was that your kind of first time, like someone like really looking after for you of how much? 
expectation that you can have in this sport? Yes, as a coach, from a one-on-one person, yeah. Just because it's different with a football team. Mm -hmm. The coach is talking to everybody. You don't really get that one-on-one type of conversation with the coach. And um, my uh, Muay Thai coach seen something. And when he told me that, it it really... um, it gave me some type of emotion where I got fired up. Like, damn, really? You got me motivated. Yeah. You, got, you fired me up. So, you know, I, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I wouldn't mind trying, trying it out. Yeah. Give it a shot. And, uh, you know, I mentioned to my parents about that. My dad was all in for it. He was like, hell yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. Mom was... Mom was going to be on a different level. Yeah, mom was uh, sketched about that. She's like, I don't know. I don't know if he, if you should do that because mm-hmm. I don't... I don't want it, I don't want you to ruin your face, you know. I don't want you to have a broken nose, blah blah. blah. You know, just like the regular moms. How yeah, moms but there's be. there's always going to be precautions, like not just wearing the head here, but it's also you know, end up like again, you are like from the fights I've seen from your smoker to you know things on video as well. Like, you are fast as hell, bro. <laughs> Especially at that time, bro. You know, oh, float, man, float like a, float like a butterfly, sing like a bee. Yeah, you know what I mean? So that's so you're a hard guy for people to hit. You know what I mean? So, you know, you still got the little pretty little face, you know, going on. <laughs> but no, still, My face is still pretty, you know, it's still, still, still pretty, yeah. Still but, you know, you've been, you've been through a lot of fights, and the thing is, no, you've been all right. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. It's part of the sport where you get your bell rung yeah. knocked every now and then. But, yeah. you know, you were still able to, there's different precautions where you're still able to protect yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, man, that's, that's, that's crazy. So, when was it that you had your first uh, smoker fight? Or, like, because I know... Before you can get into tournaments and amateur fights, you have a smoker, right? Yeah. And can, so for like the audience, can you explain a little bit about what a smoker fight is? Well, uh, the California State Athletic Commission does not like the word smoker. Right. Um, smoker fights are basically, it's, it, I believe it was like an underground thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Fight Club. Right, right. And uh, So it has to be all sanctioned, so it has right? a dirt. Yeah, it has a dirty term to when you say connotation yeah so people doesn't the athletic commission does not like that and whenever we say we have smoker fights we just replace the word smoker with tournament fights the tournament fight mm. so or would it would, would that correlate with a technical sparring bout too as well or is there a difference between them well um the difference between a, a tournament and a smoker a smoker um there's, t- there's there's only a few times where you would get a uh, first place award, like mm-hmm. a medal or a trophy, whatever. But it's mainly a sparring match. Right, you don't get right. nothing. So, But you are you are putting on a show for people. And uh, as for a tournament, it, of course, it's, it's going to be like a real... Kind of like Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah. Where you, you make it up to the top and you get this big trophy. And so there's like brackets to it. Yeah, so that's, that's like a tournament. Um... But, ah, man, my first smoker, I can't remember, man. It's been so long. I forgot where it was. I know I used to uh, fight all over in Sacramento, Santa Clara, Oakland, just all over the Bay Area. Because I remember there was one smoker fight I went to. This I want to say, was it November or, damn, I think this was November or December of 2010. Because I still have the picture. Was this? Because it was with me, you, and Dyson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was at Mesh, bro. Yeah, that was at Mesh. That was on his screen right dude. next to Sun Laundry, man. So yeah. I remember going to that because that's when when I first went to that, right? I was like, dude, this whole environment is cool. Like, I just love the just the environment. We're just like, just getting ready for it to, like, the whole atmosphere was contagious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something I really want to enjoy. 
and just you know, my mom's gonna let me do it <laughs> at the time, <laughs> at the time. But like that was that was super dope. It was, bro. I loved it. I love it all. Um, but yeah, that guy was freaking six feet. He was an adult. Okay, no, the guy for, for the smoker. The smoker, so the one oh, yeah. that I went to. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in all my smoker fights or tournament fights, um, my coach would always pair me up with a guy that's taller than, taller than me and heavier than me. He wanted me to be exposed to the heavy punches, the heavy power punches, mm-hmm. and just basically getting used to fighting taller guys. Because, you know, I'm not really a tall guy. Right, I'm, right. I'm decent. I'm average. Average height. So... Mm-hmm. Five two is not average height. That's not five two. <laughs> five, <laughs> you're five five, right? Yeah, five, five six. six. Five six. Okay, yeah. we'll give you the benefit. Of the <laughs> we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, so yeah, and uh, you know, it it, it is nerve wracking, you know, when you get exposed to all that because you're like, man, I'm gonna get knocked out. I don't know mm-hmm. what to expect. I don't know how this guy is gonna fight. But um, once that once that bell rings. And you you actually get hit the first time, your whole mentality change. And this is for me. I don't know about other people, but speaking for myself, like when I get hit, my whole mentality changes, the whole energy changes, and I'm not scared anymore. My whole uh, adrenaline kicks in, and I'm just straight focused. My mind is sharp, and I'm right. looking at my opponent. Like okay, my my brain's starting to work now. I'm starting to re- to no- to remember everything I was trained to do for this fight and it's it's basically a chess game you know you gotta set up your combos you gotta find your distance it's all time and precision so Mm -hmm. um yeah and that was that was i had some great fights from my smoker fights and then when it came to the tournament style my very first fight that will count on my record um yeah, what was your first tournament? Was that Golden Gate? It was at yeah it was at the Marriott Hotel at Santa Clara for the Golden Gate International Tournaments. Um, they don't even have Golden Gate no more, huh? I don't think so, man. It's been a while. It's been I remember, a while, I remember yeah. that. I remember because they would have, won't they have that for jiu-jitsu too? Or they, just Muay Thai? They had jiu-jitsu too. Mm-hmm. They had a whole bunch of stuff from karate, doing your kata, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, then jiu-jitsu, and then the, the Muay Thai, Kaji Kembo, kickboxing. Um, how it all started off uh, with the tournament... Um, the state athletic commission they didn't find any opponents that's my weight class. Because what was your weight class at the time? I was, I was one one fifteen, bro. Wow, I was wow, I was skinny, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the only person they could find was this five eleven. He was either five eleven or six feet. Um, he's Hawaiian and he's a kanju kembo fighter. Um, and he was already experienced, and mm-hmm. he was a heavier guy, much heavier, um, and much thicker too. So they both asked us, you know, he didn't have anybody in his bracket weight class as well as with me. So they asked both of us if we wanted to fight each other, um, even though he has uh, tons of experience, and I'm here just becoming a novice fighter, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm still green, I'm... I don't know what to expect. This is going to be my first fight. They asked me, they asked us both if we wanted to go follow through with it. But they asked me first because, you know. You're the youngest too. Yeah. So, I was, I was kind of, I was scared, bro. I was scared. You were hesitant. Yeah, I was hesitant. Um, And, you know what, my whole family and friends was already here. They were all 
Damn. like watching, that's waiting some, for me. Yeah, bro. Some, that's something I remember, and I, that's what I love about like the fight game that you always had, like you know, going to your fights and your smokers and stuff like that. Yeah, is that you had always a nice, supportive crowd, bro, from family, friends that wanted to see you fight. And yeah, was, and then teammates too. Teammates, you know, just you know, shouting your name, bro. Like yeah. that. That was that was that, that brought me goosebumps. I'm not even fighting in the eye. Yeah, that yeah. brought me goosebumps because you it gets you fired up, especially when you walk out to the ring. Yeah, for you, sure. You hear them chanting your name, Roman, Roman. There we go, champ. Yeah, go. man. It's just the whole atmosphere just fires you up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I was about to say no. But, you know, in my head, I was like, you know what? My whole family's here. I'm my friends, too, and all my teammates. I got a big crowd waiting for me to fight for my first fight. So I was like, you know what? I told the, the athletic commission, yeah, let's follow through with it. And the guy was, obviously, he was down to fight because he's experienced. So the odds were, basically, they thought he was going to win, mm-hmm. and I was going to take my first L. Um, so uh, I told my dad uh, who I'm fighting, and I pointed at the guy, and my dad looked at him, and he was like, are you serious? You're fighting him? And I explained to my, my parents that, of what went down, like, there's nobody in my weight, weight class, as well as for him, so they just paired us up. That got my dad and my mom nervous for me. They were super nervous. How much How much uh, weight did he have on you at the time? Because you're talking about 115, and you're at, what, what, like, this is high school when this was your first tournament? Or was it like... Oh, it was middle school. Middle school. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know what weight was he, to be honest. He's a big kid. Right. He's right. a big kid. Um, all I know is he was, he was really heavier than me, and, uh... I, you know, I told my parents they were really scared for me, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. but they believed in me, so they for still sure. think that I still, you know, still got what it takes to keep up, keep up with them. So um, when I uh, when we followed through with it, you know, I was getting ready, whatever, prepping up, and they called us both up to fight. So we were both in the in the ring. It wasn't a boxing ring. It was like those tournament style mats, like the karate yeah, yeah, mats. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It sucked, you know, because I thought my first fight was going to be within the ring. Right. But it wasn't, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, once that bell ring, bro, and the ref said fight, oh, man. <laughs> All I saw was this Hawaiian kickboxer, this tall-ass guy coming straight at me with these punches, right? And I immediately shelled up, right? Took my chin and I shelled up. And he was already, like, throwing punches. And I felt those punches, bro. It was breaking through my guard. And I'm not going to lie. I, I ate a couple of his punches. And I already had a bloody nose first round. Dang. So I was, like, I was like, it was hard for me to hit him, bro. Because I, I was still new to the fight game. I was trying to find my distance and whatnot. So the first round, I would give it to him. He, you know, he was tagging me and whatnot. I was just working on my defense and trying to get out of his range. Um, so my... Uh, after the first round, my coach was telling me to, uh, the next time he comes up to you, charging at you with all these punches and combos, I want you to shell up, and then when he's in your distance, I want you to go ahead and grab him in the clinch and start dropping knees. So that was a plan. That was a game plan. So second round starts, bell rings, ref says fight. I immediately uh, got to the center of the ring, and I shelled up while he was charging towards me. And he was, you know, he was doing his punches, the same old combinations, whatever. And I grabbed him in the clinch, and I started dropping knees on his chest. And I felt it going through. It felt so good. And he didn't know how to uh, how to get out of that. Because mm-hmm. um, his type of fighting was... His like, fighting style is Kajikembo. Yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's a different type of kickboxing style. 
you're on the you're on your side, just hopping to the side oh, like that. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then with Muay Thai, you're, you're like square. more square. Yeah. 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 You're self-centered. Because you're, you're like your left foot is your like with Muay Thai, your left foot is lighter. Um, yeah. Uh, being able to take against the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's interesting. So he didn't know how to break through that, and he was mm-hmm. using his forearms to to block my knees. That's one thing you do you do not want to do if you're in the clinch because you can break your forearm right right by absorbing those knees because again like the knee is like that's it's, gonna be, it's the it's one of the hardest areas like yeah, to, to, to get hit, hit with and yeah. then your forearms like that's it's not that strong as the knee for sure for so sure. you know he was he was taking blows on the chest and on his forearms and um his coach didn't know how to he didn't know how, what to say he didn't he didn't know he didn't have anything to yell at him but to just get out of the clinch, try to get your mm-hmm. make your way out to the clinch. So I was I was racking up points and points and points on how many blows I was giving to him, and uh, the the bell rang right. So it was the third round, right? I was all pumped up, amped up, bleeding, mm-hmm. whatever. And then the third round, this is the final round, right? This is the final round. Right. Um, I asked my coach, <laughs> you, my coach. Well, my coach said you're doing a good job. You're racking up points. We need this last round to take to take home the W, to take home the win. And then I asked him, hey, coach, is it okay if I could do a flying knee? <laughs> and I asked him, like, a little-ass kid. Yeah, yeah, asked yeah. Asked him for ice cream. And he laughed, right? He, he chuckled, and he was like, sure, why not? What? Set it up. Wait, so this is, again, this is a shout-out. This is Ivan that said it was okay for yeah, you to do. Yeah, this is Coach Ivan that was Bro, shout-out to Ivan Ramos, the founder of Mesh. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So he, he okayed you. He was, like, to... he was like, go for it. He said, sure. Yeah. I was like, cool. So right when that bell rang, you know, we are doing his thing, right? When the bell rang. Um, he charged at me and I immediately, uh, took a step back and I did, uh, I lowered, I gave him a tight kick, mm-hmm. uh, to his leg and his knee buckled and I started throwing punches and I was wailing on him and then he got surprised and shook and he started, uh, circling around the ring and then I was trying to chase him, whatever. And then all of a sudden he stopped and he started charging towards me again as always. And then I grabbed him in the clinch again and then I started dropping knees again and he didn't know how to. He didn't have an answer back for it. Right, you know, he right. was absorbing. He was he was getting, he was taking all my knee punch, my knee my knee blows, and uh, his coach was getting frustrated. And his dad, you can see his dad in, in his corner, mm-hmm. uh, standing up with his hands on his head, and they can't they out. can't say anything just because like they you don't know, know how to answer back. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, uh, after you know, we were all tied up in the clinch. The referee broke us apart. Right. And then he said, fight again. And then that's when I, I did, I measured my distance. And that's when I, I jumped and I did a flying knee. And I landed on his sternum, bro. What? He's, he's a tall guy. And I got, I got, for a short guy like me, I got hops, bro. Yeah, so you, you were, you were able to get up Yeah, there. so I, you know, I landed on it and I heard him, uh, uh, and then, exhale hella hard. I just I have him. to say the level of difficult difficulty to do a flying knee in a fight, but to actually land that. Yeah, you're talking about perfect timing. You're right? you're you're taking a big gamble when you do uh, such a fancy stunt like that because mm-hmm. you could miss and get caught with a punch or a kick. You, you know, so for me, I was really lucky to time it well and just perfectly execute that move. So. Yeah, I got him in the sternum, you know, and he exhaled pretty hard, and that just pretty much killed all his energy. He didn't, He was really tired, and I was mm-hmm. tired too. Right, right. And after I landed that and whatnot, that's when the bell rang, and uh, uh, the judges, you know, judge us all. And surprisingly, you know what? During that time when I was fighting, um, other people from other sides of the crowd, 
like around the the uh, the venue, mm-hmm. they were all watching our fights. Wow. Yeah, because they saw what was going on, and they were I. So it was pretty much like our fight was the attention grabber. Nobody was wasn't really watching the karate. Nobody mm-hmm. was really paying attention to the jujitsu. They yeah. were rolling. They were watching our fight. So. It was pretty intense, and uh, when the judges, you know, gave the scorecards to the ref, and the ref announced the winner, the 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 uh, ref raised my hand, and everybody, my whole family, friends, and teammates, they were all happy. They were yelling, and you know, they were just chanting, and I was so emotional, bro. You know, and just like, to get my a, first win, and I got a big trophy too. That's win number one. I I remember like you know in the room, like bro, you have like your belt, not the not the IKF one, but like you have your different. Wait, trophies. You have the trophies, you have your medals, medals yep. and then like your old boxing gloves. Wait, do you have your tie shorts uh, mounted on the wall? Some of them? Oh, uh, I still I still have it, but I took it I took it off the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but to make room for the snake cages. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I should have listened. <laughs> but it's crazy, bro. So, yeah, man. So that's win number one. That's win number one. Yeah, I remember his name too. His name is Kali'i. You know, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. Really nice. But just at the time, you know, just like fighting someone that's bigger than you, it really said a lot about you and your perseverance. Yes. Honestly, a lot of people came up to me and congratulated me. And, and uh, like, people I don't even know, people from different teams, they mm-hmm. came up to me and said, congratulations. That was badass, blah, blah, blah. So another, uh, so after the whole fight uh, tournament, whatever, when we're all done, we left to go eat at this uh Taqueria place mm-hmm. in Santa Clara, which is a huge reward to eat because you know after oh, fighting man. you shouldn't be cutting for weight is yeah. no joke, bro. You honestly you feel like a raisin, bro. Mm-hmm. You're you're all weak. Mm-hmm. You don't have the strength to like do anything because you're trying to make that specific weight. Um, but yeah, when we we're at the Taqueria place, this couple actually approached me, mm-hmm. and uh, he, him and his girlfriend said. Hey, aren't you that kid that did the flying knee? And I was the like, kid "What?" That did the flying knee. Wow, wow. That's that's when I got like, uh, I was really flattered. You know, I was I was shocked yeah. that they remembered me by that. Um, and I was like, "Yeah, that's me." And they're like, "Oh, yeah, we were, we were watching your fight from a distance, um, and man, you you really like executed, you know, your your the fight game real well, and and they even asked for a picture, dude." So just that little type type of you know atmosphere so, that was pretty cool experience. That, that notoriety, bro. Yeah, notoriety. yeah, yeah. So that's how people started to know me is from my knees, and then you know the next fights were just pretty much the same. I fought uh, this one one guy. Uh, his name is Mikey Davis, and he's my height. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes from an MMA gym, and uh, you know when when the fight started, he kept on like catching my leg kicks and sweeping me and and I just kept on falling back knocking the wind out of me and he did that, he did that so many times he's he's a really good counterfighter mm-hmm. so we, it was a really good match for for the both of us I, it, it's like I'm Pacquiao and he's Marquez cuz oh, you know wow. how Marquez so you guys complimenting like, each other like yeah, yeah yeah it was like fireworks bro like we were banging in the which 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 fight was this was this a sm- this wasn't a this, smoke, is, this was actual this is an amateur fight. amateur fight okay uh this was my second amateur fight at the double tree hotel in sacramento um yeah so uh fight started you know i kept on trying to throw set up a leg kick a tie kick and he kept on catching it and sweeping my leg and i kept on falling back 
But luckily, that doesn't count. They don't they don't give you a, a point for that. Mm-hmm. But if they sweep you, they sweep you. That's it. But it did like take a lot of energy out of me. Cause Quick question: How come um how come that's not technically uh, counted as a score for sweeping? Uh, it wasn't full Muay Thai rules. Full oh, so is it more K one? It's a uh, modified Muay modified. Thai. Okay, so uh, no elbows. No elbows. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he kept on sweeping my legs, man, and I was getting so irritated. And uh, that's when I changed up my 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 whole ball game to just using my hands. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you outboxed him. I I outboxed him. And um, what's that called? Uh, he he threw a leg kick, and I caught it, and I threw a a, a right hand. A right overhand, and I got him right on the button, and he he uh, got knocked down. That counted as a point because I didn't sweep him. I hit him hard, and he he like went down, but he didn't get knocked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's when uh, the the uh, ref started counting, you know, to ten till he gets up, mm-hmm. and uh, and he did. You know, he was he was dazed, and and then you know we started to fight again, continue to fight, and honestly, bro, like. After the whole fight was over, um, it was a split decision. It was a close fight, mm-hmm. and the uh, the ref, was you know, it? raised my hand again. In favor for you, bro. So you're going. You're talking about two and zero. Oh. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, man, it was it was just crazy, man. Uh, everybody, even the uh, president of IKF, um, said that my fight was the fight of the night out of the whole fight card. And you're not. You weren't even the main event. I wasn't the main event. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The main. Let me tell you this. The main event sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So talk more about like that main event because you like you were able to stay and watch the whole thing, right? Not after your fight, or did you go home after? Um, I watched a little bit. I didn't really wait till the end because it was that boring. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't as intensifying or electrifying as our fights because mm-hmm. we were just going at it. It's two kids. Just going at it fast, you know yeah, how? Because was he like the same age as you two as well? Yeah, he was the same age, same uh, same height, and same weight. Wow! So, wow. so that's when I that's when I learned that fighting a guy that's your height is a bit harder is is harder than fighting somebody that's taller. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's what my coaches told me, and that's when I finally figured out you're right. It is harder to fight somebody that's your height rather than somebody that's taller. Cause you, it's easy to fight somebody taller. You got to just close the distance. You can't if you're far from them, you're in their distance, their striking distance. Cause they got longer limbs, mm-hmm. longer kicks, longer you know, longer leg kicks, longer arm punches. So, you know, if you're gonna fight somebody tall, you got to close that distance. And just, it sucks for us short guys. We gotta we gotta do more work. We gotta put mm-hmm. in more work. That's why you were always faster than anyone else. Huh? Yeah. So for example, Mike Tyson, he's short, and he was like wailing on these tall guys. Pacquiao, he's short, and he was killing the game. Oh, you talk, you're talking about, with like, what's his name? Um, Margarito, right? Yeah. Margarito, like, like Pacquiao's 5'11". No, five, it's 5'6". Five, Margarito's, like, 5'11". Yeah, he's my height. Pacquiao's yeah. my height. He's crazy. And he's so he, 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 he's the one that inspires me, bro. Like, mm-hmm. um, it may sound like a stereotype. Oh, because you're Filipino, whatever. Who cares? Because, honestly, he, I can relate with Pacquiao, you know. Not the fact that I mean not not the nationality. Not, yeah, part. yeah, we're both Filipino, sure, but like the <laughs> height wise, you know, he's my height, I'm his height. We're both fast, and you know, we both fight a little bit alike because uh, I had to fight like angles too, like mm-hmm. just like Pacquiao. So question: Weren't you able to train at the wild card gym down in 
uh, yes, yeah, yes, yes, talk yes, about, yes. Talk about that experience, how you were able to meet you know, the legendary Freddie trainer, Freddie Roach, right? Yeah. Oh, like, talk man. About that. Okay, so, uh, how did you even get that experience? You know what? Um, I told my pops I wanted to go pass by uh, a wild card gym because mm-hmm. I want to see Pacquiao. What if he's there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we did. We went to go pass by over there. And uh, um, once we walked up and I walked in, I looked off to my left and I saw Freddie Roach just chilling at the the counter, the table, and I got so like I got I, I got fangirl right yeah I got fangirl <laughs> fanboy whatever you want to call it but dude that's dope because the thing is like that's your first time being exposed to that like no yeah. you already know like who he's training training one, one probably one of the best pound profound fighters yeah out there yeah you know just to me a uh, Hall of Famer boxer was pretty like. I just have no words. I was just, I was just stunned to see Freddie Roach just chilling there, and he looked at me. He's like, "Welcome in." <laughs> Welcome in. He's like, I, was like, I was like, "Wow, he's talking to me. Wow, this is awesome." And then, and then my mom and dad seen him, and they were like shocked too. They were like, "Hey, Freddie!" And you know what's what's so great about him? Hmm. He he he's a friendly guy. He's not like one of those snobby. Just because you're famous, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You're not like, oh, I don't know you. Get away from me. Right. He actually carries a conversation, and he'll cater to you. He'll, he'll have an honest, down conversation with you. Right, right. So, um, you know, I told him about me, what I do, and uh, and then I, I asked him, can I train? And then uh, he said, yeah. So I had to sign a waiver form, and it's only five dollars just to train at the wild card gym. Yeah. What? So this day, it's still five dollars, dude. Let's. Yeah, you would expect it to be like trying to make a trip, bro. Yeah, let's We're go. Down. I'm so down for that, bro. Let's, <laughs> let's so do that. Because all like, just being in a room where all these Hall of Famers have been. Muhammad Ali was there. Pacquiao was there. Uh, Tyson was there. Because in the wild card gym, there's a whole bunch of photos of all these um, Hall of Famer fighters and like well known fighters that tra- that used to train at mm-hmm. the wild card. So just right. being in that room where all these past you know Hall of Famers used to train, at, it's just. You're you're in history. Yeah, because I like I want to give an example too. I'll show you the picture. Um, did you know? You know, I went to uh, I was in Ireland this earlier this year, right? For for a winter break. Okay. And then I was able to go to Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Oh, you went to his gym. Yeah. So I'll show you the picture. <sighs> dope. And then, bro, it was so cool to be able to talk to some of the fighters from Bellator, someone that's competing in K one. Like, bro, the hospitality of some of the Irish fighters are hella dope, bro. And then, like, they're like, I was able to, I still have a shirt, and I was uh, oh, 20, 20 euros, bro. Damn. And, like, bro, it was so fun because the thing is, you know, you see the picture outside of, like, you no, know, the first two time um, UFC champion boat in two weight classes. Yeah. And, like, you see that sign, bro. I was just like, man, that was such a humbling experience, too. Man. And it, it's just like, but the thing is, like, being able to talk. <laughs> I'm going to show you that to you later. You saw that yeah, video? But, no, um, you but, saved it. but being able to be in that environment was hella cool. Just like, again, we t- we talk about the aspect like fighters are like the nicest people you get to meet. And yeah. people are accommodating. They're not, they don't exalt themselves. And then you just, as you show them respect, they show respect back. Yeah. So here. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, so we walked in like like a bunch of tourists, but it's just like I was just I was curious. Did you train over there? No, nah, I didn't get to. Oh, okay, no, bro, okay, it would have right. been dope. But How's the atmosphere out there? The atmosphere, like bro, like you can tell. Like again, John Kavanaugh is like he's again John Kavanaugh was is Ireland's first um, black degree. Um, he has a black belt in in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Okay. So he's their first uh, uh, black belt out yeah. in Ireland. So the like the way that he's been able to build like straight blast gym from. Like they have, I think they have like being around the world because they have actually has an SBG in in Berkeley too as well. Uh-huh. 
so him like building that as just as a business, but being able to become a trainer and coaching Conor McGregor, bro, like that was like, bro, he's like he has a lot, and that's what I think. That's what I I love about John Kavanaugh isn't just about his ability, about his martial arts and uh-huh. his skills, but him as a business businessman. You already know about me, my like being a businessman. Yeah, that's what I really like. But like, bro, again. Irish people know how to like know how to have some hospitality, bro. When, again, each pe- person, each people is nice, yeah. But the nicest people, bro. Damn. That's yeah. So dope, like again, man. like again, I would love to travel and just be able to train at different gyms. Like one, I think we should do like you know consider it as Tiger Muay Thai in Phuket, bro. That would be dope. Like not, it would. I want to get, I want to get those uh, traditional Thai tattoos from the mugs. I was le- I was legitimately looking that up. I was legitimately that. So you're talking about just the like bamboo. the bamboo, yeah, like, tattoos. tattoos yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Like, what's um like the two tigers, right? The two tigers. That's, yeah. That's, that's, um, ah man, I, I don't know the name, the name of, it. of it honestly. Because um, yesterday I was watching the documentary of the 2019 Tiger Muay Thai yeah. tryouts. Okay. And like watching all those, I'm like bro, like it's it, there's no like. It's just it's just so cool just to watch that, especially if that's your martial art too. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, bro, this is dope. This is dope. <laughs> it I'm is like, dope, man. But, man, so I think um, before we wrap it up, kind of talk before we wrap this show up, right? Talk a little bit more about your first title fight. You know, what I mean, everything leading everything has led from again being bullied to doing smoker fights, picking up Muay Thai, and then now, like you know, at the age of sixteen, you're able to beat a twenty four year old. Yeah, and like you know. That's huge, man. T- talked about like how were you able to score that title fight in the first place? Oh man. Uh, so after accum- accumulating several wins in my past uh, amateur fights, um, the promoter wanted to give me a title shot, and uh, so we took it. And um, my my coach told me your opponent is going to be different from all your opponents. You're going to be fighting an older guy. He didn't tell me he was an adult. He just mm-hmm. told me it's an older guy because he didn't want to break my mentality oh, down. Nice man. Yeah. With kids. Exactly. <laughs> what, no. did he have a kid? He had a kid. I'm sure he has several kids now. Damn. I don't know, but yeah. He's a, yeah. This, this guy's probably retired I fought now. a dad, guys. <laughs> he it's, fought a it's dad. It's crazy. <laughs> and you're just... And he's a break, champion, too. And you're barely breaking through puberty at the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm just barely... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he... He... he um, he was a West Coast uh, Classic champion, my opponent. Right. And uh, we were fighting for the uh, California State title. So this was my junior year. I was 16 at the time. And uh, every day after after school, I would uh, grab my, my backpack and my gym bag. And I would walk from school all the way to the gym um, and train every every single day. You you walked all the way from John Muir all the way down to the Hesperian? No. Uh... Fred. Oh, this was. Oh, my, my bad, my bad. This is I mean, high uh, school. Yeah, San Diego High. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. Uh, it was. It was. I mean, it was. It was a quite of a distance for the walk, but mm-hmm. I mean, I was. I was determined, and I was. I was fired up for this fight. So, um, I would. It's crazy. I would always put the training first before my schoolwork, mm-hmm. and I almost failed my junior year. Right. You know how junior year is supposedly the most. Like the the year you want to make sure the most you, crucial year because that's what all the yeah at. exactly so uh yeah I almost I almost uh failed my junior year um because I would always focus on this fight and uh when I was prepping for this fight we were doing all these drills and uh, sparring and um, when it got close to the fight fight day 
I twisted my ankle, bro. You what? Uh, I was kicking, and um, I I for some reason landed wrong when I was kicking, and I and I, I heard a snap, and I rolled it, and bro, that shit hurt, and I was freaking out, and I was like honestly emotional because I was like my 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 chance for this fight, how's this gonna play out now? Am yeah. I even gonna be able to fight? So uh, my strength and conditioning coach ran to. Uh, uh, ran to the store and grabbed me like some type of ointment and a wrap, ace wrap. Tiger bomb. Some type of bomb. <laughs> and he, he was massaging my, my ankle out and he wrapped it all up and uh, he applied a, a ice pack on it. And uh, honestly, I was like just hella out of it. Like, am I still going to fight? Mm-hmm. I even said, of course, we're, you're still going to fight. We're not going to uh, back, back down from that. So the training... Ever since that time till fight day, we had to modify it to a less intense. But because of the fact that we were close closer to the fight date, fight day, it wasn't going to be. As it wasn't going to be as right? intense because you need your body to fully recover from all mm-hmm. the intensive training. So, um, yeah, I mean, my ankle wasn't uh, wasn't at a hundred percent. I would say it was like eighty ninety percent. Um, but yeah, when. When the fight day happened, you know, I saw my opponent, older guy, older gentleman. We did the face-off picture for the promotion, and then uh, after we weighed in, you know, we were both we both made it made it to our weight, and uh, yeah, from there on, it was just counting down the time till fight for us to fight. So, you know, the the atmosphere of the of the fight game is is pretty nervous like it it gives you like butterflies because you're in the you're in the locker room mm-hmm. and you're just watching on the, on the tv like the the lineup of the cards till it gets to your fight well and yeah. then so you're actually being locker room you actually just actually prepping the, hitting the focus mitts mm-hmm. and just just chilling staying warm and ready till the fight till it's our time to fight right so after that the the last fight before our fight because you were the main card or were you like co-main, uh, event? co-main event okay so after that fight finished, that's when the, the state athletic commission walked into our locker room and said, "Romanava, get ready. You are you are uh, up next to fight," and that hella just pumps you up and yeah, that gives you yeah. so much like butterflies in your stomach. Like, "Ooh, damn, this is it. I'm about to, I'm ready to go to war. We're about to go to war." Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we're walking towards the the towards the entrance to the ring, and then um, of course my my song. You know, oh, I'm a boss. I'm a boss yeah. playing. So you can only at the time you can only play the instrumental, right? Yeah, or, because if you play like profanity, you're gonna be fine. They're gonna charge you. Fine me, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit, man. I was, yeah, I don't know why, but yeah. So I had to play the instrumental, and uh, my instrumental song was my ins- my music choice for the instrumental song was "I'm a Boss" by Meek Mill. Meek Mill, that gets you fired Rose, up. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. that got me fired up. So, um, you know, I came out, and then uh, I hear. Uh, one of my family members chanting out Roman, Roman, and all the whole family, friends, and of course teammates was all up, and and even people like I became friends with from other different fight camps. That's crazy. For supporting me too, yeah, so I had yeah. a I had a big big support system, uh, cheering me on, you know, I cheering think, my name. I think that's crazy how you're talking about like other fighters from like that you met through from your time of doing Muay Thai. Not just like you become friends with from just previous tournaments, from meeting people. It's all one community. You yeah. know what I mean? It's exactly. a tight knit community. We're That's all, what I love about that. We're all one. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. 
no matter like even if you guys win or lose, no, it's still like, dude, the Muay Thai community is strong. It is. And then you guys will know each other from like whether you're in Sacramento, Pacifica, San Leandro. Exactly. We're all Sa- one big family. That's bro. crazy. One big fight family. Yeah. So so yeah, so when you got went into the ring, you were just you know, you did the traditional um I had to seal the ring. And yeah. Sealing the ring is basically uh, a Muay Thai uh tradition where you you hop over before you enter the ring you got to hop over the 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 ropes all three ropes because um it's bad luck to go through the ropes really yeah so that's what i did then i sealed the ring by walking to each corner of the of the ring and and praying basically and i kept one hand on the rope because you're sealing the ring Mm -hmm. and after i sealed the ring um, oh, why do we have to seal the ring? Is to uh, keep away bad omens and spirits out of the ring. Mm-hmm. That's that's from what I've read about the Muay Thai culture. So that's what I did. Respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, after I did that, uh, you know, the ring announcer announced our, our names. Like, okay, in the red corner, blue corner, blah blah blah. Robinaba. Um, I forgot his name to be honest. Uh, so yeah, first bell rings, ding! It's first round. And I'm, uh, he starts charging into me, and um, he starts throwing punches, whatever. And then I parried a couple of his punches and blocked and dodged, you know, bottom weave. And then he got a good punch on my chin, and he knocked out my mouthpiece. Ooh. And I was like, oh, shit, this guy is fucking strong. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, damn, how old is then, this guy? And then again, elaborate about, you know, you being 16, and oh, yeah, this guy's 24 years old. Yep. And they did, did they tell you the age, or did they not until after? Nobody told me. Um just my coach saying he's just a older kid. <laughs> kid. Dang. Yeah. So you're talking about there's a difference between mentality as well as as well as strength wise, right? Yeah. And being sixteen and the guy like I'm twenty four. I mean, we we're both twenty four. You know, we have grown man strength now, basically. Yeah. And imagine fighting someone sixteen, just like that's crazy. It is crazy, bro. Like it's really crazy to think oh my about. God. So then like so knowing that like you like so now that fact that early on in the fight you were able to feel his like his power, his punch and whatnot. Yeah. How was that how were you able to kind of go around and be honestly uh after you know um getting exposed to his power and his speed and whatnot uh it honestly didn't phase me you know because mm-hmm. my mind was like it, it just shut off shut down and it was fight mentality like okay all right I'm, i got i got you i'm gonna, I'm gonna return it back i'm gonna set it up Ooh, okay so you know um after he you know the referee picked up my mouthpiece right into my corner my coach you know uh watered it down with water and then you know put it back in my mouth um, and then we continued to fight and he charged in, right? And I teeped him and he, he, he flew back and I started charging him with my, with my punches and my speed was, was, uh, pretty high, pretty up there. He couldn't keep up with me with my speed mm-hmm. and he didn't know how to answer back to my, my combos and like my hand speed. So he was blocking everything, but I was still tagging him and slipping through his guard. So, uh, you know, he was eating my punches and taking head kicks what? Yeah, I was kicking him a few times to the head, bro. And this was no headgear. This was uh, <laughs> uh this was I think this was like a pro, pro amateur uh, mm-hmm. fight, and it was my title fight too. Right. So all together for the first so time. So still, so still shin guards, right? But no, still shin guards, mm-hmm. but uh, no headgear. But no, but no elbowing in this one. Because uh, uh, if you do elbow, wouldn't you have to have the elbow pads? Elbow pads. I think. Yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't have no elbow mm-hmm. pads. Um, it was modified still, modified Muay Thai. Uh, but yeah, man, we were just going at it. And uh, he kept on eating my punches, uh, left and right. And then towards the end, uh, I remember the last round where he 
he was trying to charge into me, and I backed up. I was I was timing his distance, his distance, and I, I just dropped, uh, or I just uh, threw a big roundhouse kick to the head, mm-hmm. and I got him hard. And you can see his head flying, and his whole body following his head <laughs> to the ring, <laughs> like ropes, a, like a slow mo, right? Like yeah, like, like exactly. So um, after all of that, you know, after training punches and strikes, knees and whatnot. Uh, I didn't even notice, but I saw the picture. He had a fat welt, a black eye. Yeah, dude. I, I guess I did that much of a damage to his face. And, I mean, I had a couple bruises and scratches yeah, on my body, sure. but not on my face. You yeah, know what I'm like, It happens in this part of the fight game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't know I, I had so much power. Uh, that strength and conditioning really paid a lot. Shit. Yeah. Shit. So, uh, yeah, they, they announced it. Who, the winner and it was me they raised my hand I broke down into tears Bro, I can imagine because you're talking about like that's a lot of like blood you're literally blood sweating tears was going into the best feeling of my life bro right when the uh, the uh, president wrapped the title around my waist I started <laughs> to cry did they, uh, does it um, you know that saying and new did they say that or yes 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 and you're new California's fe- uh, California State featherweight champion of the world, Roman Alvarez. And, bro, I was fucking, like, emotional. I can't imagine. When I got down to the ring, immediately my mom ran up to me and hugged me. And I was crying in my mom's arms. My dad was holding me, too. And everybody was just hugging me and just congratulating me. It was the best feeling of my life, bro. I can imagine you reminiscing about that. Because, like, now, like, now let's, like, now through our interview, right? Let's sum it up all together. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, being bullied to... You know, finding a martial arts to get you into it, and your dad suggesting Muay Thai, and you doing your research. Yeah. To your first smoker, you know, tournaments all led to that moment of winning a title fight. Exactly. And it's all because you know, you know, you're a kid that just you know was innocent, and people were picking on you. Yeah. And but the thing is, you know, you found it in a way. You found a lot of, you know, a sen- I want to say a sense of fulfillment, but you found you found your empowerment through a sport that you know empowers people. Yeah. And which this is a huge thing, and you. The accolades, all that being said, is something nice to reminisce and talk about. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, congratulations. All because that, of the bullying, man. All that's because of bullying. Yeah. And, and honestly, I'm a firm believer, bro, that's God. You know, this, things happen for a reason. And you're that was your time. And, you know, you doing that, that's, yeah. that's huge, bro. That's oh, huge. I wouldn't be the fighter I am today if it wasn't, you know, for all those bullying to my dad introducing me to the sport and just to all those training Hard training. Shit, man. Yeah. Well, shout bro. out to Ivan. Shout out to Team Mesh. I love you guys a lot. All yeah, the fighters. For sure, bro. That's that's huge right there. Yeah, man. It really is huge, man. Well, yo, I have to say thank you so much for coming in to you know, interview with me, man. Appreciate I appreciate you, bro. You really thank are my you, brother. brother. Yeah. Love to see you in the ring sometime. I, uh, man, I hope to come and back. And just, just, you know, just uh, let's play around because, you know, don't hurt me now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Technically Champ, not um the Unathletic my name is Ahira Foster, Roman. Thank you so again so much for coming in, bro. Yeah, yeah, my Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Yeah.